Tom Bernard Show with Rafael Basham, MD, Hackmaster. <laughs> Joe Brandmeier, not a Hackmaster. Catherine Brand. Or is Neil? Oh, he's got oh, an old microphone. <laughs> You know, you're a disaster. You're a disaster. I think we flip it around. Yeah. Uh, I, flip it? I think you got to flip them. There you yeah. go. Should have okay. even done that. I'm here, and then you get like a little closer to your mouth, like that. Oh my goodness! Whatever happened to old-fashioned? There you go. Big well, microphone. She offered you the microphone, and you said, "Forget it, sister." <laughs> I, I was trying to be hip. That was a terrible, <laughs> terrible mistake. That all works on the end. Andy Bernard. Cassie Schrader. We'll be right back. We have 15 more minutes with Joe, and the big shot's got to go. But, you know, <laughs> we'll be talking about go. that. Neil Justin joins us from the Star Tribune. We're going to be talking about a lot of things. Are you going to do an interview? So do I get to interview you too? No. Why not? No. That's, uh, we don't have that kind of time. It's all about you this afternoon. Oh, for God, a change. We... That never happens. Boy, look at the time. Okay, I just want to do like a two-minute interview with you when we come back, okay? Yeah, Just we'll see. It. It's not a big, no, it's not a big deal. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. <laughs> Walzer Automotive is a Minnesota family-owned business. It started in the '50s. It's grown by leaps and bounds, especially in the past few years. And they now have 23 dealerships spread across two states. The Walzer way includes upfront, no haggle pricing on every single new and used vehicle they sell. If you change your mind, no problem. Check out Walzer's three-day return and 30-day exchange policy. I'm a customer, my family are customers, and many of my friends have bought cars from them. The Walzer way is really different, and I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. For great deals on new or used Acura, Audi, Buick, BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mazda, Mercedes, Mini, Nissan, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, or Toyota, go to walzer.com, Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Ow! Uh, we're back. Tom Bernard Show, ladies and gentlemen. Neil Justin in studio. Uh, also, of course, Joe Brandmeier. Stop it. You got You need to come by more often. Bro. I will. You just have to. I just don't Even if you guys aren't here, I'm going to come by. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't you do your dancing when we're not here? <laughs> okay. No, I'm I sorry. At, no, sorry. I'm just, I just love that. Yeah, I, just, I, know, I love everything song. about that guy. Well, but. You, you worked with him how long? Uh, off and on for about five months. Five months. Yeah, yeah that was great. It's an interesting cat. He was too tall for me. 
I met him one time. We were talking about Prince. Uh, met him one time, like I said. I, my whole conversation, how you doing? Hi. That was it. That was the whole conversation. That's before he was a big shot, right? Uh, he had just signed with Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Wow. He had just signed with Warner Brothers. I saw him once, and that was at Cliff Siegel's house, who's now Lauren Siegel. Right. Wow. So there yeah. you go. About five months, off and on. He's, he's got cool. a great sense of humor, man, I'm telling you. No, I mean, I, I know mean, everybody right, knows right. the obvious stuff. I mean, the genius stuff, but really funny guy. All right, tell me about your, your film again. It's called Small Town Robot. It is playing at the Twin Cities Film Festival tomorrow, I guess, 24th. doesn't really matter, I guess, for the podcast. But, no, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> it is about a small town um, struggling in northern Minnesota, 719 people. Um, it's like I said, I mean, it, it really is just a simple, small, positive story. It's a good message it, um, about how this community gathers around. They don't cheer. They gather, right, <laughs> they gather, gather around. They gather around. Um, this high school robotics team, it's a first robotics team. And we follow them through. We meet the town. We get a feel for what they're doing. I mean, they do raffles and stuff. They raffle off like half a beef. You know, people donate like cows. Oh, yeah. cow. A meat raffle. Yeah, the, the meat raffle. The meat, <laughs> <Is> <laughs> yeah, no, the meat raffles are great. Is that they? a Minnesota thing? I don't know. Does yeah. anybody I'm else do that? Sure I love is. meat raffles. I don't know what it is. I just love meat raffles. Oh, in Wisconsin. Yeah. Meat yeah. raffle. So Wisconsin. So, and then we follow them through to um, Detroit for the world champion where they compete against over 300 um, people in the robotics um, program. And we wrap it up, and as they graduate and bring these big world ideas into the world from their graduation. Well, like so, that's tomorrow night, what yeah. time? Uh, seven ten, and then you can meet Fezzik, who is the name of the robot, oh. at 6.30. What? At, yeah, that's the name of the robot. No, so I mean, you can he'll meet be, a robot? Yeah, he'll be there. He'll be there. He goes he, nuts. He, he will be there. <laughs> um, so he'll be there, and um, even Amy Klobuchar, um, who's a fan of robotics, uh, did a little, I invited her to the thing because she likes robotics, so she did a little mm-hmm. video intro for us. I heard um, she's really good about that stuff. Yeah, she's great. You know what I love about Amy Klobuchar? Every time uh, something happens, she... No. Every time something happens, she says to my, our friend Gene Gerard, uh, Amy Klobuchar bought Gene's old house, and they live about a block apart now. Uh, Tom, I was uh, speaking to Amy Klobuchar, and she said, uh, to tell you congratulations on the Hall of Fame. Hey, you wouldn't want to just pick up the phone. I mean, am I going to burn your she's, house down? She's, she's a VIP now, so. But honestly, got it. You know, I, see, that's a question I could ask you. Where I got that image from people that I'm dangerous. Why do people think I'm so politically dangerous? Voice. I think you. I think it is your voice. That's a. That's a good point. Uh, My voice. Patriarchal voice. I think when you uh, have a match, the kind of listenership that you have in this market, automatically people are going to. Put more weight on what you say. I suppose that's true. You know, but, but I'm so nice to everyone. That's the other problem. You're not. <laughs> I am too. And that See? I think I think that takes. <laughs> uh, right. That's very rare in Minnesota. That's. No, I mean, you know, I that, think I think you right. would probably not be considered face. as yeah. volatile as you are if you were in New York or Detroit no, or mm-hmm. Chicago. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. people in Chicago are very blunt. Right. Uh, but um, that's where I learned how to do radio. Basically, okay. was from from. And I think that's Chicago, one of the reasons you're Detroit. popular, right? Uh, because you I are willing so. to do that. But there comes a price with that. Yeah, but I mean, it's so weird. Like people, oh my god, he's such a. People think that I'm really far right, and I'm not. It's odd. You know that whole thing when 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 Hamilton and and Bryce wanted to do that whole deal. I said, Are you sure you want to do this? You know, take the show political because. I just don't see the point and you know, I hate everybody. When was so, that? When did you start doing politics? Oh, God, that was 2000, 
probably early 2000s, I would guess. Well, and did you, you did that reluctantly? Yeah. You, I thought you knew that. Oh, you know what? I did an interview with Adam Platt when he asked You talked to that. other people? <laughs> oh, just Adam. It's Great. you and Adam. That's it. But when your brother was on the airwaves in Chicago, I mean, as I recall, there was a lot of politics there. Yeah, he never went there, though. He, he ran from as much as he could. Mm-hmm. So I, that's a good policy. It was, it was just, well, it's also a different time. I mean, True. It, well, you know. it was. I mean, but the only, the only thing I didn't like about it was people took it so seriously. Even though right. it's a show, right. it destroyed my voiceover career. I mean, destroyed really? it. Wow. Oh, yeah. I never really... Because it went from this market right up into Wikipedia. So when somebody would hire me to do, like, the Home Depot, I did it for six months and then got fired because uh, wow. I was, it was too political. When, when did you hit... When was it at its worst? When was the backlash? Today. <laughs> <laughs> this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, this afternoon, pretty much. It's pretty... Uh, I, it's just ongoing. I, I don't get treated the same as everybody else here. You do know that. But what, what was the first time that you realized that there's some backlash, either coming from the media or coming from listeners? Um, well, you're, you know, with, the, with your voiceover career. Yeah, voiceover career. That was just, but what triggered that? Triggered that? What, what, what did you say that got I don't people know. riled so up? The, the first one to fire me was Home Depot, and I, it's, it was something on Wikipedia. I don't even know what it was. I just See, that's the kind of thing I don't really get all that whipped up. You know, you joke around about the fact that, hey, I, it's Neil Justin and you're the one reporter you don't want to kill. I don't mind most most reporters. I met a reporter's husband the other day. was the biggest prick I've ever met in my life. And, and she's fine, but he's a just pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not about the reporting part. It's people perceive me to be a certain way. And for some reason, I'm kind of the enemy of Minnesota. And then on the other side, people love the show. But didn't you just say, like, a few seconds ago, like, I hate people? I mean, Yeah, but some people get the joke. See, that's the great thing about it. What, what people don't understand about that whole deal is, right. is that this is, I mean, it's, it's me, but it's a lot bigger version of me, right. you know? It, it's like, I will take everything to the nth degree just to piss people off. Well, and it's I've also, I mean, doing. you've been doing a radio show for so many years. If you just sat there and, you know, yeah. and we were like MP, agreed with everything that was on NPR, what would, right. who would yeah. care about your show? No, that's very true. But I do wonder, you haven't gotten much heat, uh, negative heat, for at least 10 years. Was, do you take any responsibility for that certain period where the conversations that you had led you into protests and 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 oh you mean those people off you mean like so the first was the it was the Hmong first Mm -hmm. right right so uh i didn't say anything about that other than that my god you killed a baby by shoving toilet paper down its throat right that is what i said the rest of it was said by the other people on the show the Somali cab driver thing, what I said to them when they got pissed off and came and pissed out a building I haven't been in in 15 years, that was a good move. That all these <laughs> cab drivers re- drove over, pissed right. all over the building. I haven't even been in that building in months, and I haven't worked there in 15 years. But so, it doesn't seem like you would do that now. Uh, it was your show. I mean, did you feel like in I really wish it were my show. It would have been different. Mm. What is, what is that? What do you mean by that? I just, you know, it was, it was always somebody had this. Uh, I'll be very blunt with you, and most people wouldn't do this. Uh, there are levels of people, and you know this, mm-hmm. absolutely, that uh, a new guy would come in or a new woman would come in, and they'd know more about radio than your brother. 
Mm-hmm. You've seen that. Mm-hmm. It drives me crazy. Yeah. It's like, why don't you go do what you do? I'll do this. Leave me alone. Or I could just choke you out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, you can, this is a true story. You can put this in your article if you want. Um, Catherine will tell you, yesterday I'm in a great mood. Phenomenal mood. I've had a great day. Everything is wonderful. Blah, blah, blah. He's uh, having a good hour. <laughs> I get home. <laughs> wow. 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 I, I do. I, I got home. Oh, and I started getting business calls. <laughs> and by about, well, about a half an hour later, I was in a horrible mood. That part of my life's getting really old. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That part where, oh, this is wrong and that's wrong. And no, it's not. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Everything's cool. But yeah. people, you know, like I said, it just, they, they want to call and uh, whatever. But that's not unique. You know, the Chicago market. Right. I mean, I remember uh, a lot of the morning guides in particular were in trouble all the time. I mean, that's part of the show. At right. least it was that right. you stirred things up. Well, it used to be. I mean, that whole shock jock thing was was a big thing mm-hmm. for a long time. It was, like, probably yeah. 15 years. Yeah. And now you get fired. Yeah, I mean, right. did you feel you had to play? I know you never called yourself a shock jock. But did you feel like you kind of, or the station felt you had to kind of play that role because that was hip? Mm-hmm. And your brother right. kind of ran counter to that, too. Right. Right? right. But he always did things like, you know, he would have a contest to see if people could back up on a, a one-way street, you know, who could go the farthest and do sure. right. stuff like that. Right. But he, he would always stay away from politics. But was there pressure to be, quote-unquote, the shock doc, to be, for lack of a better comparison, Howard Stern? No. The better comparison would be Steve Dahl because he invented that brand of radio. I mean, sure. Howard but I'm not sure, were, were other markets looking at Steve's success and saying we got to copy that, or were they looking at Howard's success? I don't think anybody copied Howard. I just don't mm. think they ever did. Uh, it's a, it, Howard is not very good. That's the amazing thing about, about that whole Howard Stern story. The good parts of him all came from Steve Dahl because they worked together in Detroit. Look, I'd have, I don't have anything against Howard. I've never even met Howard. I, couldn't, I don't care about Howard. He just is not very good on the air. But part of your legacy will always be KQ's legacy for people who don't know because oh, we, yeah, we, yeah. you beat Howard Stern in right. this market, which at the time didn't happen. No, right. it was the first what, time it what, happened. Did that say something about you knowing this market or something about KQ's foothold at that time that nobody was going to take a it lot down? of it, A lot of that was Dave Hamilton because Dave and I sat down and he said, we're not we're just going to ignore him. I said, you know, whatever. Which drove him insane. It did. Which, it, it drove Howard nuts yeah. that we didn't acknowledge him yeah. at all. Uh, he wasn't Dave Hamilton all. had a huge part of that. And why did ignoring oh. him work? Uh, because as soon as you bring up somebody's name, they go, oh, I better go listen to him and see what he's saying. Yeah. Right, the ego thing, yeah. It's a bad and it also, idea. I think it also built your brand loyalty. Mm. I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you're absolutely right about that. But, I, yeah, it just it's an interesting it's an interesting world in that, I, I'm the the part of my, my life that just amazes me is why anybody gets that emotional about a radio guy. It's amazing. Uh-huh. To me. So you're talking. You're you're a person who's very emotional. If I anybody am. understands that, you should. But I don't see when you guys think I'm mad at everybody. I'm not. It's a it's this perception that I'm mad at all reporters and I hate all reporters. Look, I mean, right now there's a couple. I'm not wild about, but they they've gone way out of their way to take shots at me. So I can attest be. that you've blown off steam at me before, and it's over. Yeah, that's after it. a couple minutes. Well, you and I have gotten along pretty well the whole time. Pretty well, but there was a time you didn't like the people covering the media much in this town. In what ways were they unfair to you and to KQ? You mean unfair? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was literally the 
You want to know my personal opinion on that? Here's what the problem was, for, and it still is the problem with me in Minnesota. I was born here. I was raised here. Uh, I did not finish high school. I, didn't, I went to college for one day and quit. And, and those people, uh, those people that are big, you know, well, right now the universities and colleges in America, 12 to 1 liberal over conservative professors. 12 to 1. Mm-hmm. See, I would want more of a balance. That would be good. Not that I favor the right position or the left position. I'd like a balance so I could make my own decisions, you know? I think the fact that I succeeded without having to go through their rigmarole pisses them off to no mm. end. Yeah. They don't like that at all. Right, right. It's like, oh my God. It's like, One of down. us. One of us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested in Mr. Bradmeyer's thoughts about from a, you grew up in Chicago? Uh, no, finally like Wisconsin, but oh, that's yeah. interesting. I mean, I'm interested in, in your somebody who doesn't live here but knows the radio business. Where does KQ stand in the industry as they celebrate their their 50th well, no, anniversary? Well, I, I think it's huge. It's always, I mean, you could say Tom Bernard. I mean, I came from Phoenix, so even before mm. I came from Phoenix, I heard Tom Bernard. I mean, I was I was one of those like again, I, I said before because of your voice was always yeah. intimidated. I mean, before we ever yeah, even met, I just it, found that out. Yeah, yeah it is it, true. it's it's the voice. So no, I mean, Wait, you totally heard about that. You heard about it from... <laughs> your hair blows off your head. Yeah, okay. but, yeah definitely. <laughs> you heard about it in Phoenix before I got here. Uh-huh. You know, then I came here. Certainly, that's all you heard when you got here. It was, it was, yeah, it was big. And then even even in Chicago with, with Johnny and with Steve Dahl, we're doing a project right, right now with Mike Vec from St. Paul yeah, Saints. Sure, and, yeah. and we're talking about Steve Dahl and the disco, you know, the big promo that they did that you know disco sucks kind of things and it was kind of around that time so i mean chicago steve doll all that stuff mm-hmm. was happening but you always heard about kq from those couple cities that i was that I was from so i think your, your voice well before that you know it got yeah. loud on social what media. was kq's reputation when you were asked to come on on board no there was it had always been a failure one of the great th- my favorite KQ story. I shouldn't say a failure. A lot. Well, it was a sm- it, it was small. Well it was just small. They had bad book. <laughs> yeah, they had a bad book. It's not that the, the station sucked. It's just that you know it just didn't pull ratings. The three stations back then literally were WCCO, WDGY, and KWB. Right, right, right. Those were the three that mattered. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just how it was. As far as, I mean, I remember I had friends at KSLQ in St. Louis. That were upset and they said, God, if we were only on AM, we'd be killing it. <laughs> I mean, that's wow. how the world and has now changed. AM yeah. is dead. I mean, how, and AM is just dead yeah. now, unfortunately. But just, I mean, just oh. for. Oh, you gotta go? Yeah. Can so you, just, you gotta go. No, I gotta split. But, oh, man. <laughs> okay. But I was just. You, you gotta go? No, no. Break. Mm-hmm. I was just curious. Though, I mean, obviously, to, to last as long as you did, I mean, just what do you think? What do you think it is? What what kept you here that long? Because I think I'm honest. Because I'm honest with the people of. of Minnesota, and that's why people love it, and that's why people hate it. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't like that. Yeah, know. but they stay, they stay tuned. Yeah. I you know, I got, I, we ran into somebody not too long ago who, um, when, when Johnny was doing his thing, he would say, you know, somehow they'd say, you know, that Johnny's brother thing, right? That would come up, and then all of a sudden it would be like, I hate when he does this, and I hate this, and yeah. I hate And he would list all the stuff that they yeah, hated. Exactly. And oh, I yeah. finally would just went, hey, I'm really sorry you do, but just press the button. You know, you yeah. can press the button and go I to somewhere else. Yeah. Right? So, so nobody has tuned out. Even if yeah. they hate you, they're telling why they hate you. I hate when he did this, and I hate when he did That's that. True, a lot of people yeah. love yeah. to hate. Something yes, too. but you keep That's you keep true. going back to it. Press a button and go somewhere else. 
You have to come back. We have to talk more about your movie tomorrow night. What time? Uh, what is it? Seven ten. What's six thirty's red carpet with right. Fezzik the robot? Robot, not robot. 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 Um, Whatever it is. It's a small robot. Small robot at the Twin Cities Film Festival, Icon Theater, St. Louis Park. Tell your lovely wife we said hi. I will do that. That was great. That. Yes, she, she is. is very positive. Unlike you. I just say what she Maybe said. Maybe she can call him and give him a recorded <laughs> right. message on Next every time day. time they can't sit there. <laughs> yeah, really. That's how it is. Thank you very much. Thank you. you. For having Always me, you guys. Always great to see you. Tell John, Jonathan I'm going to be calling him. I'm All right, you do, to go to Hall of Fame. And then I want an invitation to Andy's wedding. Okay. There you go. It'll We're all We'll get it all covered. We'll be right back. All right, man, thanks. Justin in studio. More right after this, Tom Bernard Show. It's Tom here to tell you how easy it was for me to hit my goal of a 92.5-pound weight loss at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth with their weight loss plan. I started in March, and in just over five months, I learned about clean eating, and I now know the foods that work for me and the weight gain trigger foods, very important. I'm now in the reset phase and then on to the Nutramost Forever Maintenance Program, which I'll be talking about more in the weeks to come. Find out how to have success losing weight like I did. Attend the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth free informational dinner on Monday, October 15th, 6.30 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth. Those extra pounds melt away really fast with this easy program. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth will guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. Nutramost helped me change my life, and they can help you, too. Register for the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner on October 15th. Just call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. A program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering. And of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the guaranteed offer program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. Oh, laugh it up, Cassie. It's really hilarious. You're a regular riot, Cassie. I would say that. We we finished that last hour. A thought came to mind. What? And that people in, there are two groups of people in Minnesota. There are people who want to be, they want to hear what they want to hear rather than what to hear what they need to hear. Right. But that's true across the country. I don't think that's you. Yeah, but then, yeah, but in particular, is. Tom is Tom says is is in, for many people is telling them what they need to hear, not what they want to hear, and that's what and that well anywhere you are, that's what drives the the wedge. I think. Sure. You know, and you know, I see that in my own practice. There, there are patients that they they want to, they what do you want? They want you to say what they want to hear. Yeah. But yeah. when you tell them what they need to hear. They don't may may not have coping mechanisms for that. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people find comfort in denial. Yeah, and, and, and they have I a know, venue now. They didn't used to have a venue. Right. Uh, you had to watch right. Walter Cronkite, 
whether you liked it or not. That's yeah. where you got your news. You had to read the Star Tribune, whether you liked it or not. That was you. Now, gee, I don't like that message they're sending. I'll watch MSNBC yeah. or I'll yeah. watch Fox News during prime time right. where I'll get my news from pundits mm-hmm. who have an agenda. And that's how I'll get my news. And that concerns me greatly. There's nothing wrong with watching Sean Hannity or uh, Chris Matthews. But if that's the only place you're getting your news because yeah, they adhere right. to... I always say that yeah, about yeah. Uh, what you just said. You don't go to a doctor and tell your doctor what you want the diagnosis to be. But you'd be surprised how many people want to negotiate the diagnosis <laughs> yeah. and negotiate the treatment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm no, sure. I actually, I'm not surprised. But I was on the internet. And, are you sure? Yeah. Are, are you sure? That would like take you off more than anything else. People oh. who diagnose themselves from the internet. Oh, God. I always like hearing, like, doctors gave me, you know, six months to live, but I showed them. But it's like, the doctors didn't give you that. <laughs> they told you what the disease was right. going to give you, right. most likely. But they always frame it as if the doctors are like, Set a time limit for them, and then they we got the tickets. The doctors, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. had the tickets. It's weird. It's just like going to one of the ski ball places where you get the tickets to buy the Cupid doll or whatever. Yeah, yeah I, I got the tickets here. Here's yeah. two tickets. Here's six for you. Yeah. Sometimes we watch the news, and if if a big story's breaking, and we'll switch from Fox to whatever. And it's like two different stories. Oh, it's yeah. like two it, different universes that like, are slightly what, similar. Especially if you what watch really it time or in the mornings. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you listen to Shepard Smith or you watch Fox in the afternoon or MSNBC in the afternoon, it's a different broadcast. It is. I mean, it there is, is yeah. some filter, right? Yeah. But you're going to get a pretty good understanding of how the world really works if you listen to Shepard Smith, for example. Can you not take a centrist position and, and make uh, money? If you want ratings. Can you uh, get ratings with taking a centrist position? Sure, but you're not going to get the ratings you used to. I right. mean, the network news yeah. operations, I believe, try to adhere to the idea of telling you what you need to know. Yeah. You could argue about the filter and about slanting every once in a while, but there's no... Well, they all slant. Yeah. They do. I, I the think, national ones? They're all I, I think the slant is, is mostly accidental. Really? Uh, I think it's because of the filter, really? because of people's liberal biases usually... That are in journalism, oh, I think, yeah. but I think the agenda for the Star Tribune, for NBC News, for most mainstream news, right. is to try to tell the unvarnished truth. Um, we're not always successful in that. No. I'll be the first to say that. We need right. to work on it. It's why it's so important young conservatives get in to mainstream. No, media. I agree. That's true. Yeah, but is, the objective yeah. is still to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That's not the objective in prime time. No, in God. Fox, in no, CNN no, no, now, no, 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 and uh, a lot of internet sites. But are you seeing? I mean, the, their ratings are all falling, right? Well, they were so big that yeah. uh, you, you're talking about Fox and CNN. Mm-hmm. And their ratings are still so huge. No, I that thought that they were all. It's kind of like NFL football when everybody okay. last year said, "Oh, NFL football yeah. is in trouble yeah. because of these controversies." They're fine. Well, their ratings were so enormous. That they had nowhere to go yeah, but a true. little bit down. Yeah. Um, they're still mega players. Okay. They are. Um, let, let me ask you because I know this is all about you, and that's, uh, <laughs> that's you know, very we, we could go on a telethon here. Let me ask you about KQ. Okay. And, and I think it was telling uh, when Steve Perry uh, did an interview earlier this he year. He was unbelievable. He would only talk first to KQ and to you. Yeah. What does that say, and set aside yourself for a moment, if you can. 
You, you'll enjoy this. This is for your wife. And you two can't sit together again uh, either. What did this say Separate. about... I can't two. sit with anybody. Separate these two. What did this say about the power of KQ, particularly for bands like that, that this was the platform he wanted to Yeah, he. To? It was weird because I got a call from the national office in Atlanta saying that Steve Perry wants you to interview him. I said, what are you talking about? He hasn't done an interview in 27 years. He said, well, he wants you to interview him. And I said... How does he know who I am? I said, I don't know. I, he just asked for you specifically to interview him. And I think maybe the same thing happened with, with uh, Jimmy Page. Mm. I, mm-hmm. I don't know why. But here's what I love. Now here's a, This is amazing. So I get a call from his people, and Jimmy Page wants you to come to New York and sit down in a studio with him and film an interview and uh, you know, do the interview on the radio and all the rest of it. This is a couple of years ago. And so we're all set, ready to go. Remember, we're going to go to Mayalino and we're going to yep. stay at the Gramercy Hotel. Yeah. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. I got a call from the head of the union there. I said, you are not coming here to do an interview. And that's all there is to it. The union did not want me to come out there. Mm. We support the... I said, well, I'm in SAG and after I'm in every yeah. union there possibly is. Well, you're not in the IBEW, now are you? I'm like, What? But yeah, they didn't want me to come out there. They 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 they're very protective over their media people in New York. Really protective, which is cool. But Steve Perry, I I, I don't know. I I just it was so weird. Scott Jameson told me, he said, yeah, Steve wants you to talk to him first. I said he hadn't done an interview in 27 years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, I know, but but he uh, he just wants you to do it. So he came in. I talked to him for about an hour. There was no script, anything. He didn't say, you can't ask me this or you can't ask me that. Uh, we just sat and had a conversation like we're having right now. Like, you didn't send me notes on what to ask you, and I, you know, I didn't do that to you either. Um, we just talked. And all were you able to take there. a moment either before or afterwards and sort of recognize the power of both the goodwill that you've built up and that KQ has built up that yeah. a Hall of Famer like that would make that decision. I know. And, and the, the touching thing about that is, after the interview, he, he said during the interview, uh, did you ever hear the interview? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because he was talking about the interview. It's oh, my man. ringtone, Tom. Yeah, the, <laughs> the whole interview. Bad. When the phone <laughs> rings, I have to listen for a long time. Yeah, it's like an hour ringtone. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's never been heard of before. But he, he in the middle of the interview, he, he kind of goes, ooh, man, I'm going to places I haven't gone to in years. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're talking about what kind of man does it take to meet someone who's dying of cancer and go, oh, I'm really attracted to her, and they're together. Mm-hmm. He knew she was going to die the whole time, mm-hmm. but he did it anyway. He's just a quality human being. He's a wonderful, wonderful guy. Why is KQ and Tom Bernard a good marriage? Why does that format... <laughs> I don't know if I'm is it a good marriage? I mean, I know you've had your problems, <laughs> but it? overall, you've been together a long time. All yeah. marriages have problems, except you and your wife, I'm sure. Uh, yes. But your marriage to KQ, why has that worked? That's, it is weird. I don't know, because it's never happened before. If, if mm-hmm. I do... That's it's, so unusual on radio. Oh, well, Tom, really Tom happen, I yeah. think if you say KQ, people think of you. Yeah. yeah I mean, do, they just yeah. do. I mean, you are right. KQ. But why, I mean, you know, why do you think that those two have gone so well together? For all these years, I think we got very, very lucky at the beginning because I was such a huge Twins fan coming in mm-hmm. that year in '86, and then '87. The next year is when they had that phenomenal right. run and won the World Series. But it also had a lot to do with my relationship with Mark Rosen, with Tony Lee, 
I mean, you go down the list. Dan Colhane's a wonderful guy. The great thing about this whole 50th celebration is is talking to those guys. I talked to Mark last night. Yeah. I, I adore Mark. I love him, and I'm, I'm really sad that he's going through what he's going through. It's just horrible. Uh, his wife is not doing well, and Mark is the sweetest guy. For, for a guy who's 6'6", he's a very sweet guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he, uh, I adored working with Mark. Always have. So I think that's a part maybe people don't know about me is the fact that I have a lot of friends in the business and that I don't hate everybody in the business. Is it possible that when you when you started at KQ that you it was one of those times when um, a certain group of talent came together, like the not ready for primetime players, yeah, came yeah. together, and that it it there's certain times in the culture where people come together, uh, stars align, if you like, where it really resonates with people. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, and every I guess that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. You know where so yeah. and then once people hear that, in particular, hear your message. Particularly in, in that idea of interview skills, you know, I've, I've listened to you interview so many people, and and you really try to just let them talk. And even if they do, they will say, we're not going to talk about this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. When you interview them, they end up talking about this, this, and this. They yeah, always they go to the yeah, things they, that they don't want to talk they about do. because they're, they're doing it on their terms. What were the interviews, you mentioned Paige, uh, what were the interviews that resonated the most with listeners over the years and, and you? Well, with me, I guess number, actually two of them with me, three of them actually come to think of it, and it all has to do with my youth. Um, uh, we'll start off. Peter Falk was in studio. I adored Peter. Wow, just adored him. We're sitting there talking, and at the end of the interview, he comes over and gives me a big hug. All of these people hug me. All of them do. It's really amazing. Uh, like. Jane Fonda was in the studio. She came up. You know, I didn't expect to ever be hugged by Jane Fonda, you know what I mean? Right. But they they see, maybe it's part of my voice or my my. Or the T-shirt or you're wearing says, please hug me. Please <laughs> hug me. That, yeah, that's part of it. But they they do, men and women look to me. As what made like the Peter Fogg interview so special? Because I just adore everything he's ever done. And then he came over and he hugged me at the end of it. And whispered in my ear, what the hell are you doing in Minneapolis? Mm. And it was very sweet. I mean, he didn't mean that in a negative way toward Minneapolis or St. Paul. It's just, hey, you know, he was very complimentary. He's a really, really great guy. And then um, a couple more of them. God, who the hell What else was I thinking about? While you're thinking of that, let me make the point that this has become nationally, at least at one point, probably still... One of the premier platforms for comedians, stand-up comedians. No doubt about Absolutely. it. When yeah. did that start, uh, and when did you recognize that major comedians recognize that KQ and the Tom Bernard Show is a must-stop? I, I think that all came... Well, the whole thing, the whole idea of the show came from living on in Manhattan. Because, you know, when uh, Catherine told me we were going to have a baby, when Andy was going to be born, just, you know, seven months later, <clears throat> that was on April 10th, something like that, 11th. And she said, we're going to have a baby. She called me from Minneapolis. I was, I was in the uh, condo. And she called and said, we're going to have a baby. And I thought, well, God, we can't, we can't have a baby in Manhattan and not doing this, that, and the other thing. So literally, I put the phone down, and Dave Hamilton called and said, hey, you have any interest in getting back into radio? And I said, what? He goes, yeah, we got, you know, KQRS, man. We got a morning opening. you have any interest in that? And I said, yeah, okay. I didn't even think about it much. I just said, yeah, okay, we'll do that. 
Um, and I talked about this many times. In the taxi on the way to LaGuardia, I listened to uh, a sport. It wasn't a sports station then. It was just doing sports. There were no such thing as sports stations in 1986. They started like 87, 88. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'm listening to this talk talk segment on sports on the radio and all these New Yorkers were calling in, give us your call, tell us what you think of the Yankees. Every person that called said, the Yankees suck, they're not very good, they're really boring. Yeah, they might win the American League, but they'll never win the World Series. So sucking in New York was, you can win the American League, but unless you win the World Series, it's worthless. It's a waste mm-hmm, of time. Mm-hmm. I fly in, I land, I get the taxi to go to the house from MSP. I'm listening to WCCO. They're talking about the Twins. You know, so it's a matter of like six, seven hours. Mm-hmm. How do you think the Twins will do this year? Everybody called it, oh, they're going to be great this year. They're, they're going to be fed. They, they could finish like fourth or fifth in their division. Well, there are only four or five teams in the division. <laughs> so, you know, it's a pretty easy thing to do. Yeah. And I decided right then and there, that's not going to be the show I'm going to do. Right, I'm but sports was no question a huge part of was the bump of the show. It was. But when was having national name comedians? Uh, was that from the very beginning? Because it must have taken a while to to get them. Hey, will you come on? Will right. you get up at four in the morning and and come on a Minneapolis radio station? Yeah, I mean, that, I was trying to think of who the first ones to do that might have been, but I yeah, I don't even know. It was. Everybody's been on. I mean, that's been a wonderful thing. The Billy Crystals of the world that I admire so much. Phenomenal guy. Just a great guy. I don't know when that's... It, it's because I think I knew a lot of comedians living in, in New York, and so I, I you know, could schmooze with them. And, and I, well, you've got to give some credits to the um, comedy club owners, too. Oh, no, no question because about Because they that. knew if they could get the, their comedians on your show that they'd have an audience. I wish I could think of who that first person was, and I cannot, because they, they did get the word out, because radio... To this day, and I don't know why they do it, when they have guests on, you come into the studio like you would have come in today. Neil Justin comes in the studio. Uh, I want you to write down five things you want to, me to ask you. They all do that, and I never did that. I have no interest in doing that. And that word got around really fast that I didn't, I didn't, say, I didn't say, hey, do your act when we're on the air. Just do your right. act. Right. Hey, funny you guy, know. be funny. What's the yeah, first hey, funny time guy, you realized funny, exactly. you were funny? Yeah, be funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That. It was just not a good You know, that, that whole idea about trying to fill seats with publicity was something that would just happen starting then. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, now it's a podcast. Everybody has their own, own podcast, and they go on other yeah, podcasts. I mean, that's it's true. In, on radio stations to just to fill those seats in a, in a market. Yeah, we yeah. do. Yes, I'll take a break. We'll be right back. More with Neil Justin from Star Tribune. Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here to tell you Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority's also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand-new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, 
we deliver. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. I don't know if that still happens at all. We were just talking about I don't know either. interviewing people where they're on what used to be a record. Right. Where it was on tape. I've never done an interview to a... You would pretend it was, yeah, you, that you, you would were pretend, interviewing somebody right. and you'd... And you were. The publicist would send you the question and then you'd press play and the recorded exactly. answer would... That's exactly right. I, yeah, Come I, on. I, I, never, I never had to do that. I, thank God. I don't know what the hell that was. You did about. have a lot of success with the prank calls uh, coming yeah, out. No. That was Dave yeah. Hamilton, too. Tell, was, tell people about when that started and, and what that was all about for people who don't remember. You used to back in the day. You can't do it anymore. You cannot. It's illegal now. People. It's illegal now to do mm-hmm. it, actually. And John Lastman was phenomenal at it. Tony <laughs> Lee was a genius at it. Yes. I mean, here's a guy. Tony Lee, by the way, is another person. We adore him, his lovely wife, his children. You know, maybe someday, I, I told Mark Rosen last night when I was talking to him, I said, you know, maybe someday in the, who knows, 50, 100 years from now, we'll get the band back together. Mm. <laughs> you know, it'll be very cool. Mm-hmm. That I loved, absolutely loved. That was the one, that's the one disappointing thing about the show for me is it got so huge and so successful that everybody had to go away. Well, explain those those calls and that comedy you guys were doing uh, for, for those who don't know what we're talking about. Uh, Tony Lee and, and John Lassman. John Lassman did the Chucker, and Tony Lee played several different characters. They would call people out of the blue. Where it all started, that whole thing, that just struck me. It all started... Michael Jackson called the station, and he said, I want to be interviewed on the, on the KQ Morning Show. And we're like, oh, God, that's kind of, it's not our format, but hell, it's Michael Jackson. Yeah. You can interview him, right? Well, he canceled at the last minute. He decided he didn't want to do the interview. So the oh, chucker was invented that day. <laughs> they picked up the Chicago phone book and found a guy named Michael Jackson. And, and chucker called him. And he said, is this Michael Jackson? And he made up the voice. Just, I don't know. It's just a, a radio voice. It's bizarre. But, uh, that, yeah, that's where that whole prank thing started was with, we had to find out, because we had been promoting Michael Jackson was going to be on. So we had to have a guy named Michael Jackson on, right? And he did a great interview because a guy in Chicago was like, you know, I'll tell you one thing, man. Uh, you keep asking me about the money all the time. I told you I don't have any money. <laughs> I mean, it was just phenomenal. People were very, very honest about the whole thing. They just, they trusted uh, they trusted those prank callers, and it was, I don't know, it's unbelievable. And tell people about the albums that you guys put out. How many? How big were they? God, there were about, what, eight, nine, ten of them, something like that. Uh, how big yeah. did they get? They got huge. They were huge. They sold, I mean, I didn't get any money, but. You did? <laughs> no. No, the station got all that stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the that came to an end. I, I just said we're not going to do that anymore uh, because one of the general managers decided that they were going to sit down and edit it. Mm. By the time they were done with it, I changed the title of the album. 
to the Brown album because it was a piece of shit. <laughs> That's why it's called the Brown album. Mm-hmm. It's not funny. It's not interesting. They took out everything and just they did ruin the concept. Other than the Michael Jackson call, do you have a favorite of that period? <laughs> well, you know, Gomer Pyle was pretty damn cool. Tell me about that. Gomer, Gomer Pyle was on... Uh, I think he was promoting. He might have been promoting a singing engagement. Uh, that's oh, that's right. Yeah, I think he was a singer. Oh, it's just wonderful because. Of, so tell me, how's old Goober? Doing? Yeah, <laughs> you know he's asking about Goober, and and then Jim Neighbors goes, "Of course, you know about Ron Howard." And there's a pause, and Chucker goes, "Is he alive?" <laughs> <laughs> it's that stuff. That's so funny. It's not shocking people or any of that stuff. It's the the natural. I have no idea if Ron Howard's still alive or not. So I'm just going with, is he alive? <laughs> and it was very, very funny. And, yeah. and he threw neighbors. Uh, that was the fun of that. Yes. Of those calls that yes. you could throw people off their game. The usual interviews no that they had question. to do. You know, one person got it. Just one person got that bit. And knew from the beginning it was a scam. That was Fred Savage when he was like ten years old. Hmm. He's ten. Because it's like a ten-year-old boy. It's like thing. a ten-year-old boy thing. I <laughs> yeah. think that's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. It's like a ten-year-old boy thing to do. So he got it to be. Yeah, Chucker. No, 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 no. I, no, that's not me. That's Ron Howard. No, this is Fred Savage. I mean, he got it right away. It was very, very cool to listen to. Really, really. Only one person started crying. That was Gary Lewis. Huh. Jerry, Jerry Lewis's son. Yeah. Because he kept calling him Jerry Lewis. And so he burst into tears, oh. I guess. And uh. we got a call from legal saying, you need to get rid of that now. Because Jerry's not happy. No, Jerry's not a happy camper. Uh, no, in Jerry, Jerry was not Did a Did you ever nice have man. him on the show? Yeah, he was horrendous. Really? Yeah, I got lucky oh. with him the last couple times. Did you really? I did. In fact, he uh, was so pleased with the, a story I did uh, that he called me afterward. Really? This was back before email. And uh, oh, he called okay. from Vegas, and he left a message. And I thought, well, this is somebody pulling my chain. But I, I checked the, the phone number, and it was certainly a Las Vegas number. And he was very kind. I was sort of uh, – he could be hot and cold. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, he could, no doubt about he it. He could be hot and cold. but uh, comedic geniuses usually are. Oh, my God. When he did those <laughs> one-word answers, when he got in that real prickish mode, yes, mm-hmm. Yeah. no. Maybe. Like, well, oh, that was God, another thing too? too that you did that I think the audience clicked with because you, when somebody was a jerk, you said, "There, you're, you're a jerk." Yeah. You have. instead of kissing yeah. their butt because no, they're some famous person. So Andy I think Rooney people and like Dennis that. Miller, yeah. the two most famous. Tell people about those two. Uh, I've certainly heard uh, the the Rooney one a lot, but for those who haven't heard it, what happened and uh, with with Andy Rooney? Yeah, let's he go through both of them. But start he, with, with Andy. Andy Rooney did not want to do the interview, and that's all there is to it. So we bring him up, Andy Rooney, how are you today? Uh, Andy Rooney from uh, 60 Minutes Course on CBS. Oh, you know where the show is? I said, yeah, it's on C- CBS, absolutely. I, I watch it every Sunday. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how his response was to everything. And then Gelfand made a comment. And Andy Rooney said, oh, takes two of you to do this show? And I said... Andy, maybe we should probably uh, call you at another time. He goes, yeah, how about never? And I said, how about you're a flaming asshole and hung up on him, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and that, uh, apparently CBS didn't like that much, that somebody would call their big hero an a-hole. But I, I just, I've it. never been one to put up with that kind of stuff. But your listeners love that. 
I guess, but I didn't mean I didn't mean for it to be entertaining Kid, in any very way. Minnesota, <laughs> very un Minnesota right. thing to do. Exactly. Really un Minnesota thing to you do. Know. Yeah, that's that's very true. Uh, the other one, Dennis Miller, whom I just I still think he's hilarious. He's nuts, but he's hilarious. Um, he he didn't even make it on the air. Uh, <laughs> he calls me, and I said, "Okay, Dennis, so we'll just put you on hold." And he goes, oh, "Okay." Apparently, he didn't want to be called Dennis. Oh, Mr. Miller? Uh, the, really? I wasn't calling him Mr. Miller. That was not going to happen. But anyway, he said, can't came. I could tell, by the way, he was coked up like a madman. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like 7 o'clock Allegedly. in the morning. Allegedly. Uh, <laughs> what year was this? Oh, uh, God, that 88 or something like oh, that. Okay. Saturday Night Live. Long, long time ago. Was, that was he still on Saturday Night Live? Uh, Might have been 88, so. yeah. Yeah. I think so yeah, so. I think so he he's on hold. So he's on. No, he never made it to hold. Oh. We <laughs> talked a little bit. And he just started, he started getting all, all lippy. And I said, as a joke to try to lighten the moment, I go, what'd you call collect? And he goes, F you mother effer, like that. I said, yeah. let me tell you something, pal. I ever see you, I'm going to tear your goddamn heart out. And that's how it's going to go. So don't ever come near me. And that was the last time I talked to Dennis Miller. Now, Catherine and Andy will tell you, we went and saw him at the Kravis in, oh, in even, Florida yeah, about three years tickets. ago. tickets. Phenomenal. <laughs> He's, they he weren't even very free. interesting. He's a very interesting guy. He gets way too political for me, and I don't – all of that stuff. Anybody – the Amy Schumers and the Dennis Millers of the world, I I think you can be funny, but get off the politics. Yeah, but they're appealing to it, you know, a new yeah, audience, know. so that, <clears throat> no, you're that, right. that's their claim to fame. You're right. It's true. Mm-hmm. Oh, the other two I was going to tell you about. Yeah. Rod Steiger told me he loved me. Oh. Which is Rod cool. Steiger. Oh, I'm love jealous. Rod Steiger. He what was, year was that? Do you remember? Oh God, that had to be at the very beginning. I interviewed him like four times within about six months, and then he died. When did he die, Andy? Because it was just before he died. What but, was it about that? Other than it was Rod Steiger, uh, what was it that made that conversation? We so? talked. We talked about acting. Mm-hmm. And, Steiger and, died in two thousand two. Oh, so it was okay. So it was just eight, uh, 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. okay. That makes sense. Years ago. <laughs> I know that's the whole. It's not the beginning though. That's. That's like 32 years ago. Yeah. We talked about acting. We talked about why when he's in the back of the car with Marlon Brando and Streetcar Named Desire. Or not, Marlon I mean, wasn't there, right? Uh, uh, on the waterfront. He was front. not. Yeah. He was on the waterfront. Marlon was not in the car with him. It was just, a, it looks phenomenal the way they shot it. It's beautiful the way he shot it. But he said he was just talking to air, and it was just a bizarre situation. Who was the other person? You, uh... Uh, and the other one was Gore Vidal. Really? I loved Gore Vidal. He and I used to talk off the air all the time. Huh. So this is what I love about this. If people took a moment to check out who I actually am, they would understand that I am influenced by people of, of all political bents. Mm-hmm. Always have been. But they don't bother. Like an example of what I'm talking about, then I'll get back to, get back to uh, Gore Vidal. Um, I, 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 no, I'm going to do Gore Vidal first because I, I just, you know. Yeah. So I interviewed him several times. Uh, he came out with a book, Palimpsest, you know, the, the parchment of his life, I guess. You know, really, really interesting, really good. And we talked several times. And the last time I talked to him, um, he said, uh, I don't know how much of this I can tell because there's a part in there. <clears throat> well, I won't identify who did this, but um, I'm talking to Gore Vidal, and this is several interviews down the road. And he always called me Mr. Barnard. Mr. Barnard, how are you today? Mr. Barnard. I'm, I said, I'm fine. So everything's good. So we do the interview and all the rest of it. And at the end of the interview, he says, Mr. Barnard, or Mr. Barnard, um, this may be our last interview. 
And I said, what? He goes, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm very old now, and I don't know that I'll be doing another, another interview. I said, well, that's terrible. I, Gore, do me a favor. Don't, don't talk to me about dying. I don't want to hear about Gore at all dying. And he said, uh, if I die, Mr. Barnard, you'll be the first to know, <laughs> which was very, very sweet. And the second he finished saying that, one of the people on the show did this. He said, when I die, Mr. Barnard, you will be the first to know. Question, do you have any pets? <laughs> nice segue. Yeah. I, uh, I said, I'm going to have to do the show from home from now on. because. Have any of your pets died? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that does bring me back to, I think, uh, a reason a lot of people listen to the show over the years. And that is uh, because of the squabbles with the people, yeah, either with your guests, you were yeah. uh, a, a below, uh, you know, calling out a guest with their bad. Mm-hmm. But you wanted to hear the family fight sometimes. Oh, Gelfand and I used to argue all the time. I yeah. adore Mike Gelfand. He comes in here and does the show once in a while. Uh, I but people him. would tune in. Uh, the, when I came into this market, it was you and Terry. People yeah, wanted right. to hear that tension. Right. Are they going to get along today? Are they right. going to fight? Is Terry going to ask a question about somebody's pets? And how is Tom going to react to that? Yeah. Um, how important, and I know it got frustrating at times, but how important was that sort of tension uh, to the success of the show? Um, I was told by, by all the members of the show at one point that management encouraged them to piss me off because they mm-hmm. said they thought it was funny. Never told me this, that they were doing that, mm. but they told them, yeah. That's yeah, because it is. Them. It is. It is. It was funny. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. kind of annoying to live that life, though, is the problem. Because I didn't know they were told to make me angry. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, God, whatever. Um, well, your yeah. exasperation is also uh, hilarious. Yeah. And I, I, <laughs> that was part know. of the show's success. That's what management tells, uh, uh, tells me. <laughs> the piss, off, piss off Bernard. Barnard. Bar- Mr. Barnard. Uh, and I know it got frustrating for you, but you had to recognize at the time that when you blew up at Terry or anybody or Gelfand or whatever, yeah. people loved that. Why did they, though? I don't understand why they did. They, the same they reason have... they like to see fighting on Fox and <laughs> CNN. <laughs> that's I suppose right. that's true, yeah. Uh, I mean, Gore Vidal really helped start all that with him and Buckley. But you know what's really you know, weird about on, that? On covering uh, the, the political convention. Yeah, yeah that's right. That yeah. was as groundbreaking a moment in television as there was. What's really amazing about that is that people don't really understand. Because they, they thought we were sitting around a table like this, doing a morning show, and we always hung out together and all the rest of it. Whereas I did have, you know, a few very close friends, and they're still very close friends of mine. About half the people on the show, I didn't even know them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, some of the people you mentioned, I didn't even know them. I didn't socialize with them. I didn't do anything. And it wasn't that I was avoiding them. It just it never happened, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would say about half the time or half the half the half the cast i guess the best way to put it about uh, yeah i just didn't know them you know so I was like, hey how you doing how's everything you know i haven't gone into the station in 15 years so that that's part of it mm-hmm. but um yeah I, the the whole thing that i really the, what i really hate about social media is that they'll say things on social media that aren't true and everybody believes it anyway it's like I, i've talked about this and joe from louisville just just texted me as a matter of fact and he said to bring it up I have, I'm a private contractor on KQRS. I'm not an employee. Uh, 
I cannot hire people. I cannot fire people. I can't ruin people's lives. I can't do any of those things. Because I've said this before, and it's absolutely true, that if I could hire and fire people, I would fire everybody every night, and then I'd hire them back the next morning. That's just how it would go. Because, you know, it's, I, I, it's just the way I am. But you do bring up a point of letting your ex- exasperation, not only the staff, but management. You were not afraid on the air oh, no, no, I to still call management not. out. And that was a period. That is one thing you had in common with Howard Stern. And yeah, David Letterman at right. that point, when yeah, you yeah. were coming up, yeah. Letterman was getting a lot of hay off of letting his bosses know. Yeah, that's People true. love that. Well, part of it was very natural. We got, oh, God, we got to get cooking here. But um, when The Lion King opened, it opened at the Orpheum Theater, right? Disney opened it at the Orpheum Theater. And so I was asked the next day, because we all had to go see it, and I was asked the next day, what would you think? And I said, I thought it sucked. I was just honest about it, right? Mm-hmm. It's not for me. Guys walking around in giraffe outfits is not what I'm looking for, right? <clears throat> the hotline rings, and I answer the hotline, and it's Michael Eisner. Hmm. He's in town for the opening. And he said, listen, I would appreciate it if you blah, blah, blah. And he went on and on and on, not really bitching at me, but just giving me a stern voice. This is you. off the air. Yeah, it's off the air. It's mm-hmm. on the hotline. Mm-hmm. So I just sat and listened to him. Mm-hmm. And he f- finished talking. You're gonna have to edit this out. Okay. He fin- finished 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 talking. There was a pause. And I said, "Don't ever fucking call me again, ever." And I hung up on him. And nothing ever happened. He just went away. I don't know why that happens to me. Not many people can tell Michael Eisen to go f himself. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Maybe it is my voice. Is it my voice that that the people are? Some people like it. Some people are scared of it. Some people think, well, I suppose when I say things, it, I, I, they sound more serious than I mean them to be. You mm-hmm. think that's part of it? Mm-hmm. Well, you also just have a personal intensity. I do have a personal yeah. intensity. That's very yes, you true. just do. <laughs> Did you ever get in trouble with, uh, I mean, so Disney owned the station at that point? Yeah. Yeah. Cap City's ABC. That was a great ownership, though, there. They were phenomenal. That was they were? Tell you what, mm-hmm. Michael Eisner mm-hmm. ran a hell of a company, man. He really did. He took care of his employees really, really well. What was the worst in terms of ownership? What was rock bottom? <laughs> There's no question Citadel was horrendous. That guy. <laughs> what made it so bad? It just, uh, he cut everything. Everything they you can't. Across the station. Bleed. They bleed yeah. the station. Yeah, I mean, they just sucked up all the money and all the rest of it. Then he... The company filed bankruptcy, and the last I heard, he walked away with a lot of dough. I don't, not a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's that. Oh God, it's eighteen. All right. Well, thank you, Tommy. Thank Appreciate you. it, Mr. Thank Barnard. You. Mr. Barnard, uh, the uh, article will appear when I'll tell you it'll appear. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, hopefully, I answered all your questions. You did. Thanks very much. Talk to you later.